Dave. Um, some of you may not know Dave. Uh, he's uh, new to counties. Um, Dave, where are you? Uh, oh, yeah, that was set up for short people. Sorry yeah, about that's that. Fine, I'll leave it. Yeah. Um, Dave, where, where, tell us a little bit about where you're from originally. Uh, so, is this working? So, funny enough, um, I'm from Hereford as well. Um, so, brought and brought up in Hereford. Um, parents got three older brothers. It's quite unique. Uh, went to a small chapel called Ballingham for about 12 years. Um, we then moved uh, to Challenge, where Martin was. Um, so, brought up in a Christian home. Um, became Christian about the age of 16 through a camp. Uh, got quite heavily involved in camps at that sort of point in my life. So, a camp called Whit Camp. And one up in North Wales called Glod. It's Glod, not God. Um, just due to uh, Welsh. Um, so, then moved to Plymouth uh, to go to university. And she chose Plymouth University, uh, Marjon University, because it had a nice hockey pitch. So, also played hockey. It was, one of the, it was between that and Liverpool. I thought play was slightly nicer. Uh, studied outdoor adventure education. Um, so at this point, I had no idea this was going to be happening to me, um, that I'd be up here speaking or anything like this. Um, sort of continued working in outdoor education, heavily in, still involved in camps, youth work, that sort of side of things. Um, but then, yeah, graduated. Uh, Met my wife at uni. Apparently, that's quite an important thing to share. Um, as she, she told you. Yeah, yeah she, she told you knows, to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so met my wife at uni. We got married just over a year ago now. Um, we now settled down in Plymouth after graduating. I worked in Kelly College in Tavistock for two years um, in outdoor education. Um, sort of the end of last year, sort of September time, I sort of felt God calling a close to that. I was like what on earth are you calling me to do? I've got all these skill sets. I can climb, I can kayak, I can do all that. But if it's not outdoor education, they're not very transferable skills. Um, someone then suggested this job for me. And I was like... So what job? Uh, is, so what is your role? Uh, what is my role? Um, so, I, is this, um, so, I'm, so I'm the school's... Uh, I'm a resource coordinator, uh, primarily looking after Key to Life and Jesus Live, which are two of the county's resources. I'll show a bit more about I think that. that's probably enough by way. It was okay. just to introduce uh, Dave Sorry. to you. Dave is at Efford Christian Fellowship down in Plymouth, so some of you will know uh, the, the work down there. So, Dave, over to you just to lead us. Thank you. Great. I'll put this up even higher. I think I, think I have a clicky thing as well, so <laughs> excellent. So, um, as I mentioned uh, briefly, um, I am a resource coordinator at counties. Um, so I'm not one of the evangelists, just to make that clear, um, before you confuse me with that side. Um, but I look after two of the resources, which are Jesus Live. Excellent. So you can see some photos. Um, and you saw it in the video earlier. It's a multimedia classroom in a huge arts at glory. We actually have two of them now. Uh, they're both commissioned in t about 20 20 years ago, not 2020, that's the future. And there's a huge uh, pod that um, pops out, and basically there's a multimedia that all the desks rise up out of the class, out of the class, out of the desks. That's the words I'm looking for. Um, so they rise up, and the students um, follow three characters. 
So there's Jack, Sophie and Ben. Um, and they're all going through um, circumstances. So we have... Let me get this right. So Jack, Jack's feeling a bit rejected because he's slightly overweight. Um, we have Ben, who's um, struggling to forgive his brother from stealing. And then we have Sophie, whose um, friend is um, being diagnosed with cancer. And the students all get to choose which student. Um, the students choose one of these kids to follow. And through the program, there's lots of, like, a text message appears. And then they go, ah, look at this bit of scripture. So you look at a bit of scripture, look a bit of um, historical figure. So it all builds a picture. And these are three um, themes that have been chosen because they all fit in with national um, there's not national, um, with curriculum links in the schools. And the second resource I look after is Key to Life. This is a new, uh, I'll just go back to that one, just had uh, 500,000 students on um, Jesus Live uh, last month in Bishop of Hereford Bluecoat School, which, funny enough, was my old school. So I had the joy to go back there, see some old teachers, and see that work there. Uh, so Key's Life is about two years old. Um, it's more for, well, it's for primary schools. And it's just, um, see in this bottom left picture, that's in Plymouth about a couple of weeks ago when it snowed. Um, I thought I'd put that one up there. Um, it's a completely interactive program, um, but the best way, we're just going to watch a short video on it because then I don't have to talk. So hopefully that picture speaks a thousand words and that kind of just shares you a little bit about uh, what Key to Life is. Um, there we go. Um, so we've um, managed to get it fully booked because we're only two years old. Uh, we've got it fully booked for this year, which is um, an amazing thing that we've managed to do. Um, so we'll be... We've just reached 10,000 pupils, and it's probably going to probably have about another 8,000 pupils through it this year, um, roughly, um, which is fantastic. Um, on, on each, most of your seats, you have a little card, so if you want to have a little bit more information, um, send me an email or a text, and I can send you some. A um, little bit of promo at the back. Uh, we've got some schools booklets and some church booklets, so they'll all, all be at the back available I'll just throw it on the floor as well so that's absolutely fine oh. and, if, and if you're quick you can get a free Jesus Life pen everybody loves free pen um, the third resource I'll just briefly touch on um, I don't actually organise this one uh, my colleague Kevin does but it's a very similar um, idea that the children come in uh, there's four different pods Life Talks uh, life giver and it looks over the story of jesus and again in an interactive way so they all have tablets and they go through and they follow the life of jesus and they just learn a little bit more about jesus um but why why am i here telling you about this and why are we um wanting to share about these resources is because we want to get um enable the local churches to go into local schools and to share um, about Jesus. Um, why? Because Jesus tells us to. 
It says, therefore, go and make all disciples of all nations. And before this um, passage, he, just before this little bit, he says he has all authority in heaven and earth. And that's just amazing that the person who's got the most authority in heaven and earth is telling us to go. We're so... I, yeah, I'm working outdoor education. Uh, we talked a lot about comfort zones, and we're so happy to be within our church um, and to just hope and pray that the children come in. But actually, what this verse says is we need to go. We need to leave the comfort of our church, which is nice and warm, cozy. We know everybody here, and we actually need to go and tell them. And it says, tell them what we've been taught. So it's literally just sharing what we know about Jesus. Um, the benefit of the resource is um, it is very self-taught. Um, you don't need to be amazing at tech. You don't have to be amazing at teaching the Bible. Um, and it just enables you to represent um, the Bible and what that teaches about Jesus. Um, currently, schools have to teach RE um, in schools, which is a fantastic blessing. And predominantly, they need to talk, um, teach about Christianity. But I went to a Christian school in Hereford, but actually, the person teaching me RE wasn't a Christian. So if we can ha- enable Christians to be teaching Christianity, how amazing would that be? Um, all our resources fit in with the curriculum. So they're talk- talking about fear, forgiveness, rejection, stories, parables, storytelling, um, in our primary school ones, all fits in. And the teachers go, wow, that really helps us. But it's also giving us opportunities to share about the gospel as well. Um, we There is opportunities in all our units to go at the end. This is who Jesus is. This is what Christians believe. And the reason we're here is because of this, because Jesus died for us. Um, secondly, um, just kind of a minor link, it's something the resources can either um, maintain your school's work, so if you're working in schools already, or it can start school's work. If you go up to a school and go, I've got this quarter of a million pound piece of technology, completely free to you, and they go, oh yeah, definitely, I'll have that. And it's got full touchscreen walls. And actually they go, oh, what else can you offer? And you go, well, actually I can come in, help with your RE lessons, um, can teach um, in sort of collective worship, so sort of um, assemblies, um, that sort of things. But also that might uh, lead to links uh, with extracurricular clubs. There we go. Um, just to share, because um, we're at a Southwest conference, I think this, I said this is the closest thing counties has to me. It's because I'm in Plymouth, which is quite nice. Um, so um, oh, let's go back. So we had life exhibition in Exeter run by ICE in uh, St. Thomas Baptist Church. Um, and that was the beginning of the year, first thing I went to see. Um, we had Key to Life in Plymouth um, just last month. Uh, we were able to go into five different schools, two in Plymstock, two in the Efford area, and one in Buckland Monocorum, which was fantastic. Um, looking future to the year, we've got um, Trowbridge, um, um, Wiltshire area, I count to that as the Southwest. Um, they've also got Life and Jesus Live. Um, Cornwall, um, they've got that in Jesus Live in 2019, in January.
um, North Devon. Um, got it in 2020. Excellent. Got a little bit of a shout out there. They had it, I think, two years ago or a year ago. And then finally, Bournemouth in 2019. Finishing off with Torquay in this area. I think it's Ice again. Um, Ice Torquay area. I can't remember their name, but they've got it in 2020. So um, these are, if you've not seen them before, I'd encourage you to try get along and see them. And if you get in contact with me, I can put you in contact with the local organisers who can go, yeah, we've got some days you can come on here. Um, just a couple of points for prayer um, for the resources. Um, Key to Life, it's brand new, so we're still, there's still some glitches with it, but it's, we're ironing it all out now. Um, and it's still new to churches and schools. Unlike Jesus Alive, church, um, schools have seen it for years and they love it. And they're like, when can we have it again? Key to Life's different because it's new. Um, but the responses we're having so far are great um, from schools. Um, pray f- uh, just praise for the opportunities um, we've had in schools so far. 500,000 500, students through a proclamation of the gospel and seeing where Jesus actually is relevant to today's culture. Um, culture. Um, all those pupils uh, who are on board, uh, cu- current units, um, have just left Norfolk this weekend and are in Swansea, um, and they're going to Dudley and Colesden next month after Easter. So just pray for those. And teachers, there's a lot of teachers that come on board, and the volunteers often have lots of conversations with them, and they get to see um, Christianity lived out. Um, local volunteers, people giving up their time, whether they're church workers or just um, average people just going, I want to be able to help share in that evangelism. And that's, I touched on that earlier, it so, can be quite a scary thing thinking of how am I going to share the gospel, but these resources really enable it to just be simple. And, and technology might scare people, but it's it is simple. Um and I think well, my big um, drive is that actually these resources aren't just coming in for one day, um, but actually um, the people going back can open the links, it can make a lasting impact, and that's where we're going to see the discipleship, the teachings, um, the kids going, oh, you told me about Jesus last week, what do I do about it this week? And seeing them do that. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, Unfortunately, I had to um, go to a youth event now, um, but if you have any questions, Bob is very knowledgeable on Key to Life, and so is Martin, knows everything, So, um, apparently. So, um, but yeah, do get in contact with me if you'd like some, and please take some literature at the end. Thank you. Okay, can you hear me? Wonderful. Well, it's really lovely to be with you uh, here uh, in Great Parks. Um, I come with greetings from Grosvenor uh, Church in Barnstable. You would know Chris and Jenny Weber. They send their love to you. And uh, already it's been uh, uh, arrowed by Dave's uh, presentation of Barnstable. And uh, you'll say Barnstable, it doesn't sound like a Barnstable accent, but I am from uh, North, um, I am living in North Devon, but I'm originally from Northern Ireland. Didn't have the privilege of living in Bangor, uh, ended up in Ballymena, but I was just thinking as uh, Dave was sharing about St. Thomas's uh, church, um, a young uh, pastor there um, 
Steve uh, Cowsley, and we set off in 1990. Uh, he was uh, called to the Faith Mission, and I was called to the Faith Mission Bible College, and we left Northern Ireland uh, together. He was a reluctant uh, farmer who had given up farming to, to preach the gospel. I was six months saved. I was a biker, and uh, we went into Bible College together, and uh, it's wonderful to see him pastoring the church there at St. Thomas's. And uh, I came here with the faith mission in 1994, and uh, we were warned about farmers, but we weren't warned about builders. And uh, as I was ministering and missioning here, I met a builder, and uh, we were married, and we are uh, 22 years married now. I have a daughter of uh, 21 and a son um, oh, a daughter of 22, she's had a birthday, and a son of 20. And uh, we uh, are involved in the work in North Devon, reaching a community in words and actions. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Um, well, we're getting on to afternoon, aren't we? What does the world need? World peace? Economic stability? Good health for all? A moral compass? Politically political integrity, to clear our national debt, maybe blue passports made in France, I don't know. But what the world needs is the good news of the gospel, and we've heard that already this morning from Martin, and it's the only hope if we want to see our communities transformed and we want to see our nation turn back to God. The proclamation and demonstration of the gospel lived out. Uh, the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and you and me. Because we are living epistles read of all men. And I believe that people don't really care how much we know. But they really care. Uh, uh, they want to know how much we care about them. And, and it's wonderful to hear that already this morning. Being incarnational in a community is vitally important. What do I mean? Do you know the people you want to reach? Do you spend time with them? Finding out what your community needs is best discovered as you listen and you spend time in their company. Um, even if you go onto your mobiles today, how many of the names there are non-church people? And that will give you a little bit of a flavor. I have the great privilege in my role as a parish nurse uh, that I volunteer to do one day a week and neighborhood chaplaincies, which I'm very excited about, um, to spend time and invest time in the people of my community. I come from uh, a community that's a market town. And through those roles, I have had the privilege of holding the hands of newborn babies and people that are dying. I've sat with the lonely and the depressed and despairing and confused. I've walked beside people in the most stressful times, sensitive times, and times of celebration and joy. And I've been given opportunity to pray for and pray with people facing the most harrowing and brutal times of their lives. And I've had many, many faith discussions and shared my faith boldly. And I believe that the church should be first in line to love its community in word and action. I believe it should be engaged with people's messy lives. They don't come bubble wrapped. They really don't. Because very often they're vulnerable and scared that the world that they live in 
when we scratch under the surface. We are called to be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus in this sinful, broken world. And uh, we have a mandate. It is the church's responsibility to stand in the gaps and pick up the pieces of people's chaotic lives that have been devastated by sin, shame, and sadness. We're Graffiti has been written over their hearts because, you see, the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy their lives. And the burden I have most for that is for the young people. You know, they they have this idea that life is hopeless. And it's very, very sad. So I have, as a presentation this morning or this afternoon, just to share stories because I love people and I like to spend time with people. So I I pray and I walk around my community. You know, Paul did that in Athens, and his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city was given over to idols. And, you know, as I move around my community and I pray and I say, Lord, lead me to the people that you want me to reach for you. That's a great prayer because God answers a prayer like that. And I can remember walking past the hairdressers and the Lord said, I have someone there. And I thought, great, because I don't mind sitting in the hairdressers and having a coffee and being pampered. And there was a young lady in there called Michelle. And after a few weeks of attending there, I listened to her story. I built a relationship. I invited her to girly fun events in our church. I befriended her. I prayed for her business that it would prosper. I prayed for the problems that she faced with her family and that God would intervene and help her. And Michelle came to church for the very first time and committed her life to Jesus. And, you know, the thing that really struck me as she spoke about um, uh, her testimony as she shared, she said that the neighborhood chaplaincies, the church kept coming when everyone else stopped calling. And people had given up on her in the past and let her down and that was very significant for her. And the evidence of God in her life is so marked. She has this living hope and she knows that God has these plans for her, for her family and for the future. And then As I walked around the market town, the Lord said, now the market. So there was a young lady in there called Vanessa. And every Wednesday I would come home with a basket. I didn't want it. I didn't need it. But it gave me an opportunity to speak with Vanessa who makes baskets and sells them on the marketplace. And uh, my husband kept saying, why are you coming home with baskets? And then eventually he said, you've seen Vanessa today. Um, so if you need a basket, I'm the lady to, to provide it for you. And we, we had a lot of conversations. Vanessa asks lots of questions. She's very angry with God because of things in the past. So I invited her to a four-week discovery course to learn more about uh, the Christian faith. I asked uh, County's office who pray two minutes past 10 or something around that, every day. And they were praying for Vanessa. And uh, at the end of that course, she, um, her heart, well, she just poured out her heart to me. And uh, the anger of God and all the years of self-doubt, the lies that have been spoken over her by her parents and, and so many things. And she was sick Uh, and tired of feeling sick and tired. And that's where she was. And that's where Jesus met her. And he took her pain. And, um, you know, it was wonderful to be able to lead her to Christ. Um, You see, Jesus doesn't reform our characters. 
He's not into reformation. He's into regeneration. And he worked in the inside of her heart out. And the evidence of that is so clear. Uh, She came in burdened. Even her body looked burdened. And she has this joy, uh, undescribable joy. The stress, the burden of life has been lifted. And uh, you can really tell. Uh, We've already quoted 1 Corinthians 5.17. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. And the old has gone and the new has come. And that's Vanessa's story, and it is her experience. The moment she called on the name of Jesus, instantaneous, she was from death to life, from darkness to light, and that light is just reflected, and she's making such an impact in that market. She's telling everyone about Jesus, and what a change in her life has come. Walked around the marketplace, And then the Lord said, what about the charity shop? There's someone there I want you to meet. And I met a young girl called Jennifer, beautiful girl, tattooed from head to toe, studs everywhere. But she's a beautiful girl. And uh, I started to chat to her, and I went in regularly. And um, I think she thought I was stalking her for a while. But uh, we, we started going regularly for coffee and for cake. And she loves cake. And I built up this picture of her life, a sad story of childhood abuse and addiction, um, the heartbreak of having her children removed from home. And as I walked with her and, and uh, just saw what a daily uh, uh, plot it was for her to just earn money and to provide for herself with this addiction, the shame and the fear and the rejection and the chain of sin that she doesn't seem to be able to break free from. And one day I was out with my family and having a lovely day. The sun was shining and, and um, I got a phone call from Jennifer and she was kneeled down in the bathroom and she had locked herself in because her partner was trying to break down the door and kill her and he was high on, on drugs. And, and I remember getting the phone call and I made this selfish prayer But Lord, it's my family day. This is inconvenient. This is overwhelming. This is not in my job description. I'm out of my comfort zone here. And you know, when your parents are going to do something very lovingly, they're going to talk to you and tell you that it's not good enough. And you know, the Lord just said to me, I want to hold her. which is is wonderful and okay thank you um and you know really god doesn't always call the equipped but he does equip the called and maybe that scenario seems a bit overwhelming for you but god meets us in those scary moments and he does the rest if we're willing to serve him And uh, Jesus met Jennifer at the point of her need. He loves her so much. And when I watch her as she's given her life to Jesus and she's on this journey now, as I watch her in church worshiping, my heart is truly humbled. And I have this deep gratitude at the mercy of God. When the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And, And his mercy is outrageous. And his grace is outrageous. And his love is outrageous. And this girl is radically and supernaturally changed. And God takes my breath away when I see what he can do. He is so good. And, and 
Jennifer understands for the first time in her life she is loved unconditionally and she is clean and that's very liberating for her and it will be a slow painful journey but we're in it together will you pray for Jennifer will you pray for her that God will keep her by his power and she will do awesome things for Jesus you know I had an English teacher who told us all that we were a plus students and we knew we weren't but we were convinced Uh, But she achieved so much through us because she saw our potential. And God sees gold in people in our communities. And he's asking us to go out into our community and reach them through word and action. And uh, sometimes we have to lift heavy, hard stones first before we can plant the gospel seed. But when that seed is planted with that generic code, that incorruptible seed in the right conditions, you know, friends, the potential is huge and uh, it can grow something beautiful for God, uh, or for God's honor. And it can change the atmosphere of a community because these women that have been changed and transformed by God are impacting their community. So here is the challenge, because my time is gone. Uh, What does a church without walls, without prejudice, without limits, looks like? Great Parks Church, a church that is compassionate and caring, that goes out to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel in word and action, incarnational. May God help us to be that church for such a time as this. Um, The Neighborhood Chaplaincy has given our church the opportunity to invest in people. So um, if you can, please come to uh, the seminar and find out about this wonderful initiative as we are reaching out to communities through word and action. You know, I want to read a verse before I finish, and it's a verse the Lord gave to me as I stepped out into counties. And it's a promise, really, and it's a promise for you. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Sufficient grace for this community that we live in. You know, in Acts 21, Paul reported what God was doing, and the response of those that heard him rejoiced and glorified God for his mighty works. And that's what we do this morning. It's all his work. He does it. We're just hands and feet and we rejoice and we give him glory this morning that he is at work in our communities and that he is doing amazing things. And we will pray for you as you pray for us. God bless you. Thank you. That he goes out expecting this tremendous lot of food and out of this box jumps this clown Surprise, he says. And of course, the guy had wanted supplies. Well, it's a bit of a surprise to be here. One or two other surprises for you in a moment. But having said that, I'm here to talk about, in a sense, supplies. Um, Jean and I joined counties in 1973, 45 years ago. And if you look at the list, we're designated senior evangelists, which may mean you think, we know it all. We're the heavies. In actual fact, it just means we're over 70. Um, but it's been a privilege to work with counties in Dorset over those years, particularly with children. 
this has been, in a way, my goal, my motive, and all I've tried to do. Psalm 78 and verse 4 says this, We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. The next generation. And for children's missions and holiday Bible clubs and camps and house parties and school ministry, we've been involved with young people. In early days, there was a problem. We met children in villages. We met children in camps. How can we keep in touch with them? Is there a way in which we can keep that contact without actually being there? We decided the best way was to keep in communication with the post, sending them Bible lessons that they would return to us. And it was then that I got in touch with Bert and Wendy Gray. And it was a surprise today to see Bert walk into the door and have fellowship with him because we've been working together for many, many years. But Bert said to me probably 35, nearly 40 years ago, the lessons we're using, they're out of date, the design is not good, there are mistakes, we need to restart. So we started rewriting the lessons uh, completely. It was a major task, and uh, at present there are something like 750 different lessons. So if you started at the beginning of when you're three and you could go on to about 20 doing a lesson every week. It's a a major resource. It's been revised, redesigned, rewritten and brought up to date many, many times. But the work's been going on for now 60 years. But it was always generally intended using these resources of Bible time and new life for England, Scotland, Wales and Ireland. It was written with the English children in view, in English, of course, And it was very effective, and there are about 15 or 16 different postal Bible schools around the country, and uh, I have one in Dorset. We have about 230 uh, students we send lessons to every month, and they come back to us for their mark. One of my markers has just sat there, Rita, and uh, she's been doing that for years. But it's great to have that contact with children in this country uh, through the uh, lessons. But it's been decided that uh, maybe we could go a bit further afield. And uh, now overseas, whereas in this one, which is the um, English one, uh, this is four lessons for a month. In this particular booklet, there are uh, lessons for six months. And these are used overseas. It's much easier to print them and to transport them overseas. Um, Linked with that, teachers' guidelines to help folks. Because as soon as you go out of our territory uh, into particularly uh, more third world countries, you can't use the post. It doesn't work. So you go where the children are. So you go to churches and you go to schools. And you have people who are going to present the message. Uh, So they need teaching guidelines. And so we've written teaching guidelines as well. And so there are 24 of these. And there are 12 teaching guidelines that have been written. uh, And it's been a major, major task. But now, the lessons are being used in every continent of the world. And that's an amazing achievement. We stand and we literally say, this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. Because it was never the intention. We didn't have that vision. But it's opened up. And Bert went to Korea, and that was the start of it, when the lessons were changed to Korean. Uh, When the communist uh, regime ended in Eastern Europe... Uh, the lessons were then sent to uh, uh, over there and translated into those countries. There's a massive amount used in Africa, as we'll see in a moment, Northern Ireland, uh, Northern uh, USA and Canada and South America as well. 
We couldn't do what we do without the help of the revival movement press. Uh, that's a press in, in Belfast, just outside of Belfast. It's a faith press. And they came to us some years ago and they said, we would like to use your material. Can we print it? We said, yes. And I say this with a tremendous sense of humility. The order for 2018 for revival movement is five million of these booklets. That's an incredible thing. And the bill that would come would be thousands and thousands, but they won't send us a bill. They'll look to the Lord and he will supply, which is an amazing thing, isn't it? But it's how God works in quite incredible ways, particularly in Northern Ireland, of course. It is a massive press, as you can see there. And these are, in these boxes, many of our booklets designed to go overseas in different parts of the world. My colleague Sam Belmer has worked with him. It's been a real pleasure. Sam is one of these inspirational guys who gets everybody moving and that we've worked together so well. Today, he's in the Czech Republic. He's in Prague. He's talking to the group who use our lessons in Prague. Uh, tonight, he takes a train or a flight or something to get to Vienna, and he'll be meeting folks there in Austria. He's got a, a European tour. Uh, but that's just meeting up with folks, making sure they're all right, their supplies are okay, if there are any problems that they can help them with. His daughter is our administrator in the office in uh, Enniskillen, and uh, Vicky's actually on maternity leave, but uh, we've got two other folks taking her place. I need to introduce two other folks because they're a vital part of BES work, which we all work closely together with them. Steve MacDonald is Bert's grandson. He's a tremendous designer, and he designs all our English lessons, and he designs our web, and he really keeps things moving together on the English side. He works in Cardiff. Um, in Hungary, there's a guy called Thomas Brzozocki. And uh, Thomas works for us full-time. He is a quite incredible character. When I tell you that he's working on the design of 18 different languages, you will see what a wonderful person he is. How he does it, I don't know, but he does. And uh, quite incredibly, because we have always said, whatever the translation is, the lessons should roughly look the same. The pictures will be the same, the layout will be the same, but just a, a different language. And Thomas seems to be able to work in that way. So the editorial team that I lead work pretty busily, making sure the lessons are kept up to date, producing new resources, and giving the opportunities that we have the best possible resource. Just to mention Ireland, because that's where Bert started the work, uh, that work has continued to grow. Noel and Liza have just handed over to their son, Gareth, and their daughter, Nora Margaret, but they've got a tremendous opening in schools. And that is incredible, really, because I have to say that these lessons were written, and they were written for Sunday schools, and for children who come from perhaps Christian backgrounds, they're overtly evangelistic. But in the schools in Northern Ireland and in Southern Ireland, they're now being used. We're trying to make the lessons perhaps a little less pointed so that they are, rather than saying, you should be a Christian, say Christians believe that you do this to trust the Lord Jesus, to know your salvation for the future, that sort of thing. Uh, so they're being used widely in Northern Ireland and in Southern Ireland in schools. And, of course, that leads to prize givings. I was quite amazed to just stand at the back of that room. I couldn't get a seat because there were about 200 folks who'd come for a children's prize giving. Not a church, just a public hall that was hired for the occasion. But I want you to quickly fasten your seatbelts because I just want to take you to Africa. Because in the last 15 months, I've had two opportunities 
uh, to go to Africa uh, to two countries, on the west, Burkina Faso, and on the east, into Ethiopia. Ethiopia first. We go to Addis Ababa, and uh, it's a massive town, something like 12 million people in Addis, a very, very big city indeed. Um, And we went in 2012 to a school, and this is the classroom. I'd never seen such depravity and poverty. And uh, the teacher lady there, very poor English, she said, I need something to help me teach the Bible. And we thought, we've got to do something. But these children didn't understand English. They only understood Hamaric. And Hamaric is a very difficult language. But we thought, we've got to get this translation done. So we started on that. And uh, this is Hamaric. Now, there's a big problem, of course, as you can understand. If you've got a crossword or a word grid that works in English and probably will work in French, it will not work in Hamaric. It's just like a spider that's crawled across the page. Very strange language indeed. So it's taken us about five years to get a brilliant translation of the four uh, booklets, no, eight booklets, for a whole year, and they're out in Ethiopia just now. Um, Those children got their booklets in September 2016 in that particular school. We worked with two groups there. These are the folks who belong to the churches that were set up by the Sudan in our mission, and they're using them very widely. And we were able to go uh, last year and do a massive training. 120 people came for a day for training. And uh, it was a great privilege. Of course, I don't speak Amharic, so I have to be translated. Um, <laughs> but there's a great work going on there. Uh, some of you may have read in Echoes of the guy on the right there. Uh, at least he's on my right. Yes, on your right. Monagata. He would be one of the, the leading church people in Ethiopia head of the sort of evangelical alliance leader amongst the Christian brethren there. And his goal is not only to see adults converted and churches established, but a vast number of children in that nation reached for Christ. And he saw our booklets as being a way of helping. In the middle of the red jumper, some of you know Robert Reavy. Uh, he worked in Ethiopia for years, and he's been a tremendous help in getting the translation moving and coordinating and working with people who needed to be worked with. But this was a great thrill to see in Ethiopia boxes and boxes of our material in Hamaric uh, that were being then used in schools and in uh, 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 churches. More training um, and the people who've done the training. Very excited they are to have that material. The big problem, of course, is Romo. Now, Hamaric is spoken by about half the population. The rest of them speak Romo. And finding somebody who is fluent English and fluent Aromo has been a major, major task. And we've got a translation in Aromo, but we can't really print because we're not sure it's good. And we need a good translation. If you were given something in pidgin English, you would say, why am I bothering reading this? I, can't, I don't want it. I want it in my own language that I can understand. And that's the problem with Aromo. But God has answered prayer. And this very week, I've got uh, through Wycliffe uh, a, a, a contact that will really proofread our aroma, which is a real uh, answer to prayer. I went back to Ethiopia last October to what they call the Pan-African Conference, and a great privilege to be there meeting folks from all over Africa, but again meeting the Ethiopian representatives and seeing what would happen. They took us to a church just to see how things happen. Uh, Down here, there are two people in the church in 1979 In 2006, there were 944 folks in the church, and they had planted three other churches in the area round about. God is working in a quite amazing way in Ethiopia. 
And it's great to see that because they've had a lot of troubles. They've had famine, they've had civil war, they've had communism, you name it, Ethiopia's had it. But God is moving now in a quite remarkable way, which is so thrilling. And that's the size of the church there. They keep on having to build bigger churches because that particular church needs to take about a 1,000 people who meet regularly every week. Young people there, on fire for God. Really nice to meet them. Just remember the folks in Ethiopia, Milangata and a guy on the right is a fellow called Kashima. He does a lot of proofreading for us. Good English as well. And they're doing a great work for Ethiopia. The children of Ethiopia, they need the gospel. Do pray for them. It's a long way from counties, I realize that, but um, it's great to see that. And you're encouraged when you see what God is doing in other places. You think, God, we want to see this in our own country, amongst our own nation, amongst the children of our own country too. Burkina Faso, very quickly. I'm on African time now, so it doesn't matter. We'll finish when we finish. (laughs) Um, I went January of last year and January of this year to the capital, Ouagadougou, uh, French West Africa, Um, I don't think the British have been involved in missionary work there hardly at all, but the French have, and uh, the Assemblies of God are extremely strong there. In October, we packed a a container uh, with Bible time material for this year, a couple of minibuses and goodness knows what else, and off it went. (laughs) The reason why I've got interest in Burkina Faso needs explanation. The guy in the red shirt is uh, one of our fellow church members. He lives in our road. He lost his wife in a terrible car accident about 12, month, uh, 12 years ago. And in memory of her, he had a well drilled in Burkina Faso. And there's a tremendous need for good, clean, pure water in Burkina Faso. And he had contact there. And he felt that this was one way of mem- uh, reminding, uh, having a memory for his wife. Since then, he's been able to raise funds to dig 120 wells um, and uh, we were at a celebration in January where the people gave thanks for a hundred wells that had been dug. The lady on the left in the uh, shirt uh, in the sort of bluey, uh, orangey coloured uh, dress, she's called Christine. She came into England about 25 years ago through Eddie uh, to learn English. And she worked in my office. She came to camp a bit. And uh, we got to know Christine. She's a tremendous driving force. And she's the person who organizes where the wells are going to be dug. But she said to us, probably about three years ago, it's not all very well digging wells, and we try and make sure they're near to churches, and people are preaching the gospel, and folks are getting saved, and the churches are growing. But what about the children? We've nothing to give children at all that will help them understand the word of God. As a result of that, uh, we went last year and this year with great supplies of material. I got there at about 10 o'clock in January, one Friday night, and Christine said, we're starting training at 8 tomorrow morning, um, and uh, it'll be a full day, 8 to 5. You're on an easy day today, but uh, this was 8 to 5. Three major sessions. Um, Nearly everybody comes by motorbike, and uh, this was coffee time, but there were 200 folks squashed into this place. It was a tremendous encouragement to me because all of these people had given up a day First of all, to hear me encourage them to work with children. Secondly, to help them understand how they could use our booklets in, in French. And thirdly, to show how they could present the message in a good way for children. They were so keen. Obviously, I can't speak any French or very little, so I need a translator. Uh, but let me just tell you this by way of encouragement. Um, without being boastful, I did quite well at school. Um, 
but I took French ordinary level three times and failed off every time. And so I didn't think I knew any French, and for probably 50, 60 years I hadn't touched French at all. But when I was in one of the churches and they were putting up the words of the French song they were singing, I thought, I know that word, I know that word. I know roughly what they're singing about. I know a bit of French after all. It's stuck in my mind. But isn't it marvellous that the seed of the word of God, stuck in our minds, even years afterwards, can still be recalled? I'm sure it works like that. But I was there giving this training for them, and I was really concerned, how can I really make this work? Some of these groups of 30, 40 children are around a teacher in churches and Sunday schools or maybe in a class. And they haven't got any visual aids, they haven't got PowerPoints, they haven't got projectors. Some of them haven't got anything at all. How can we try and illustrate a story? Uh, and the story was um, to show uh, that when Jesus was brought by uh, Mary and Joseph to Jerusalem to give thanks for the birth of the baby and Simeon met them. So I saw a lady at the back and she had a baby and I said, Madam, would you like to come out the front please? Her husband looked at her, me as much as say, what's what's he going to do to her? So he came to, and I said in translation, look, you're Joseph, and she's Mary, and I'm Simeon, because my hair's white, and he was old, and um, let me have the baby, please. And she gave me the baby. And I said, this is exactly what happened. And I said, you gave thanks to God for your baby. And they gave thanks to God for Jesus. That's what the message is. And I said to them, you can find there's babies everywhere in Africa, Get somebody with a baby to come and help you tell that story. It will make it come alive and they'll never forget that. And I'm sure they won't. This is what it's all about. I discovered this. We've got all these crosswords that do work in French. But if you've got an African mind, you've never seen a crossword. So they had to write it on the board to just to explain it to them. It's 18 people have given their commitment to organize the spread of the booklets into the different churches in the area. Tremendous group I met with did another training session there. And eventually, after I finished the training, of course, the container with the books that I wanted arrives. 40-foot container, two minibuses. It took about three months in Bournemouth to fill it up with all the stuff. It took about three hours to empty it. Uh, but eventually, 550 boxes, seven and a half tons, uh, 100,000 booklets, that's 50,000 for two children who want two booklets, so it's 50,000 booklets, which will deal with 50,000 children, I should say, two booklets each. Tremendous privilege. And I, I've emailed Christine, and I said, look, I know somebody else who's a missionary in Burkina Faso. He wants to use some of the books. She said, you'll have to come quick because they're nearly all gone. And they've gone out to churches around Wagadougou where they speak French. Tremendous privilege, really. You might pray for the folks there. Um, the guy in the purple shirt next to me is a guy called Saladugo. Um, doesn't speak a lot of English, but he's got a real desire for the children of his country. And he's the driving force with the girl in the brown who's an accountant. But uh, Adeline, she's so organized. And between them, they're doing a tremendous work. And we're so thrilled. But I leave you that picture, really, of children with our booklets studying the Word of God. Christine sent me an email this week. And in her church... Where I showed you the teaching is what they call the old church. The current church is, um, I spoke to about 500, and they had two services, so I guess I spoke to about 650 folks on the Sunday morning. And they said, this church isn't big enough, so they're building another one, and it's going to seat 2,000. That's the way God is working. And they are very, very genuine, dear, dear believers. And Christine, she sent me an email, and she said, um, we've had a 5, 5.30 to 6.30 prayer meeting 
every day for a week praying for the work of the church. And there's been a little girl coming along with her dad, clutching a little booklet that she has, one of these, and she's been reading it whilst everybody else has been praying and filling in the questions. That's what's happening to children out there. Thank God for what's been happening in this country. Pray on for the children to be using it in this country. But pray for those countries. I've just mentioned two in Africa. I could have mentioned many others, of course, around the world where God is working and children are studying God's word, which are able to make them wise unto salvation.